0: Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, we are, we've started a, a series. Um, this is the second uh, part of it. Kendi was speaking last week. And the topic uh, this morning is walking with Jesus in prayer. Walking with Jesus in prayer. Let me try and introduce this um, subject in, in this way. I think it's true to say that all of us long to know what we're for. As individuals, we, we, we long to know purpose and direction in our life. It's, it's part of the way God's made us. It's, it's, it's natural. It's a, it's a human thing for us to be like that. And the question, the real question, however, behind that is where do we look for, for that purpose? How do we find the life purpose that God has for us? And um, I think as, we, as I've been thinking about that over, over the, the, this, this past week, um, you know, we look in all kinds of places for that life purpose. I mean, some people look within, you know, peeling back layer after layer in the hope that actually, you know, we'll find a little bit of treasure somewhere within. Massive introspection. We'll find something in there that will give us the, the answer to that. Others look back in their life they they go on this you know this interesting search in many ways for our roots and for you know massive genealogical research and and uh, and so on but actually do we want the past to define us now um and then still others look forward Uh, looking forward into the future for for, hoped-for achievements, the the ticking off of certain goals, um, accomplishments, and that maybe we will find it in the future as we just find our own way in life. I think, interestingly, Jesus could relate to all of these directions of, of looking. He certainly knew his Father through a deep inner experience. You know, he had this extraordinary inner life, which we'll think about more today. His roots, if you think about his roots, were of the best and the deepest. I mean, he was the son of David. (laughs) Um, And his achievements, of course, are matchless. That upon the cross, he liberates the entire creation. That will happen in due course. The whole creation will be liberated because of his achievement. And yet, here's the point, he depended on none of them. He depended on none of those things. He related to all of them, but depended on him doing them on none of them. And our passage explains why. So if you have a Bible or a device, please turn with me to the first chapter of Mark. And um, before I read, let's just refresh ourselves about the context of this wonderful chapter, the beginning of Mark's Gospel, and you'll see from the very first verse that Mark wastes absolutely no time telling us who Jesus is. He says, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Who is Jesus? He's the Son of the Father. God the Father. That's who Jesus is. And so right there in the first verse, Jesus' identity is clear. He's the son of the father. And then if you glance on to verse 11, Jesus is baptized. The spirit of God um, is poured out from heaven. Heaven, is, it says, is, is ripped open. And, and the spirit of God descends upon him. And then the father speaks these incredible words to Jesus. This is my beloved son, my beloved son, uh, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. And so, uh, second, his, his identity is confirmed. It's, um, we, we, we see it first of all there, uh, made clear, and then immediately it is confirmed. Now, that's the key. Even in that little introduction, that really is is the key for this morning, that Jesus' life flows from what his father said about him. And as he explored that and, and, and just lived his life from that place, his purpose became clear. His purpose became crystal clear over and over again. Uh, as he as he spent time with his father. So let me let me read. Let's read from verse thirty-five. Our passage. Um, it says this: Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So Jesus traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. You know, um, the evening before this account that we've just read, you can see it back in uh, verse 33, Jesus has been involved in what we might describe as a mini revival. Do you remember he has gone to um, the family home where his mother-in-law, Peter's mother-in-law, is ill, and Jesus heals him, and then flowing on from that, as the sun sets, the whole village, uh, town, hears about it. And they gather around and Jesus began healing people and setting people free. And it's just a, a most wonderful picture that we have there of Jesus at work. And so he's, he's just come from a mini revival. And yet while it's still dark, in the nighttime sometime, no one else is around. He crept out of the house, very quietly, one assumes, found a solitary place, and there he began to spend time with his father. There he began to pray with his father, the son speaking, spending time with his father, and we're told that his friends, the disciples, went looking for him. And they're, they're, you, can, you can feel in the, in the way that the text is written that they're kind of a bit anxious. You know, where is he? That <laughs> They go searching for him. And eventually they track him down. They find him in this solitary place. And I don't know, maybe there are some here today who feel a little bit like that. I've been, I've been looking for Jesus. Where, where are you? He seems to have gone off somewhere. Well, the disciples felt that on this occasion. And uh, when they eventually find him, they basically say to him, what are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, just as the crowds and the excitement is building, there's this incredible sort of release of God's power to heal and to set people free as your notoriety is is rising, um, you say to us, let's go somewhere else. (laughs) It's it's an extraordinary thing if we put ourselves into the passage. Why would you walk away from that? Why would you walk away from all that stuff that was happening? Even more puzzling maybe is, not only was there tremendous need, all these people coming out of the village to, to, to get help from Jesus, but there was also tremendous power to do something about the need. That, that, that's altogether different, isn't it? And yet Jesus leaves and goes to a solitary place and then says, we're going on from here. We're even leaving here. So what is going on? What is going on? And the first thing to realize is that it has a great deal to do with knowing God as father that's what's going on what's going on it's all about knowing God as father you see behind the, 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 the sort of day-to-day public activity the the busyness of Jesus life the the exciting things the challenges the difficulties that were happening Jesus had a secret pla- uh, practice a secret practice and it leads to his anointing and power. It leads to him being the person that we love to read about in, in the gospel stories. And that secret practice was spending time alone with his father. It's in uninterrupted time. Do you notice that? Very uninterrupted time. Now, we, we, we need to um, just be careful here. There's nothing particularly spiritual about the, the night hours. There's nothing particularly spiritual about very early in the morning unless it's the only uninterrupted time you can get with your Father. Or if the Spirit, as he does on occasions, prompts us to get into a quiet place and spend some moments with him. That's That's what's significant here. And actually, I find it interesting, we're not told any details in verse 35 about what Jesus actually experienced. We're just told that he did it. I find that. I find it wonderful, actually, as I thought about that, because it's kind of left to us not to try and imitate the experience, imitate the action of what Jesus did, but then discover for yourself what it's like to spend time with your heavenly Father. I mean, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. We have to carve out for ourselves our own secret history with God in that quiet, solitary place. And uh, but, but actually, one, what one knows, reading between the lines, that in that quiet place, just Father and Son, we can, we can sense that this is something that Jesus just would not have missed. He just would not have missed this. You, you can feel the sense, the intimacy that's running between Father and Son and Son and Father. And, and as a result, there's this radiant power that is on Jesus having spent this time with his father that's where his radiant power comes from out of this relationship with his father it's Jesus way of living He, he he didn't know any other way he didn't have any other plan he wasn't going to live his life in any other way other than this of being the son of the father and of relishing that relationship with his his father and isn't that the sort of relationship we want with God? Actually, that we long for? I wonder what you've discovered as, as you've you know, begun to carve out, or maybe been doing it for many, many years, um, your time alone with, with God. Um, lots of things come to mind. I love, often, our worship songs express some of the things that I think we've discovered. I think of that line in one of the worship songs, I've I've known you as a father, I've known you as a friend. And uh, how God just helps us to to understand him better, to linger until our heart is moved by his love in that place, until our heart burns with with relating to him and, and knowing that we're beloved and that his love is upon us and how much he longs for us time alone with the father one person has um, written this put it like this only when we slow down can we catch up with god jesus goes to a solitary place after all the busyness so that he can catch up with his father you see, it's not just the pace of our lives, is it? With, with all the busyness, with all the responsibilities we have, the different stages of life where that varies so much. Um, but it's, it's also what we can miss out on if we just allow hurry and the pace of life to be the master. Um, it's what we miss out. And, and sometimes we simply have to be still and quiet. With, with God still and quiet and it's interesting when you think about that still and, and quiet in terms of relationships relationships that we have with good friends and so on actually it's it, it, that those relationships that are able to sustain silence is an indication of the quality of intimacy that there is in that relationship so that it's not uncomfortable we might be going for a walk together we might be uh, driving together and there's some silence and it's completely okay and out of that silence comes that great sense of contentment and peace it's just peace the presence is there and it's like a bonding silence a bonding silence that is taking place it's the, that, that, that's the same with God in our in our lives and in in Jesus life and to understand that our time alone with God, even if it's just a very quiet time, prayer's not always like that, but a silent time when it is, that's never wasted. God is at work forming and shaping us and, and doing wonderful things in our life. And so it is a wonderful experience, this experience of being, knowing a father and relating to him. But I need to clarify Uh, one thing here, which can be easily misunderstood. And and let let me put it like like this by asking this question. Who is it that is able to call God Father? Can everyone? Anyone? You know, knowing God as Father is not the same thing as being made in the image of God. Okay, I mean, being made in the image of God, as we all are, all of humanity, without exception, every race, language, tribe, you know, um, gender, are all made in the image of God. And what an incredible privilege that is! What an amazing, amazing thing that is! But it's not the same as knowing God as Father. I mean, God, we learn from the early chapters of the Bible, it was always his attention that the two should be together, that we would be made in his image and we would know him as Father. But, but something went awfully wrong, and that was all broken. And so, do you know that they are not the same? If, if they were the same, there would have been no reason for Jesus to come and to call us back to the Father. And to, come, and to do what was necessary to bring us back into relationship with him. And so I think the way to, for us to think about this, and this chapter is helpful, is that we're to think about God first and foremost as the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see that in verse 11, that wonderful verse, where, where God speaks from heaven at his baptism you are my son, Jesus, you are my son, um, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. That's the starting point. The son of God became the son of men. why? The son of man, why? So that sons of men, sons of and daughters <laughs> can become children of God. That's why he came. And so for you and me to become that, to become a child of God, to become a son of God, to become a daughter of God, something miraculous has to take place. And that's not an over-exaggeration. Something absolutely miraculous has to take place. That God, by his Spirit, needs to come within us as we turn to him and bring us from death to life. Death to God and then life towards God. Brought to life so that we can relate to him as a father think about the prodigal son that wonderful parable with the father waiting out there for this this son that's gone off the rails to come back and isn't it interesting what he says to the father when he gets home i am not worthy to be called your son he was absolutely right he wasn't really his son he was living away from his father but what does his father say He he embraces him and he says, you're going to have it all. You've come back, you've turned and come to me, you're going to have it all. All the blessings of sonship, the robe, the ring, you know, the feast, everything. This wonderful picture of what God desires for um, every one of us. And you know, this is the most amazing thing that Jesus came into the world so that we could know God as Father, that we could become sons and daughters of his, and we could share in this relationship that Jesus had with his Father. That is the most precious thing, that we're brought back to that place that Jesus, God, always intended when he created us, that that's the way it should be, fellowship with him, love flowing between it. And um, I, actually, I just want to pray. Maybe there's someone here, someone listening, who really isn't very sure whether God is their father. Father, just make this prayer your own. Father, I want to simply do uh, that turning to you and, as it were, coming home to you. And I want to... And I bring with me words that says, you know, I'm not worthy. I've done all kinds of things that should disqualify me. But Father, forgive me. And Lord, I want that blessing of being a son or a daughter of yours to receive everything, that relationship that you have. And so, Lord, I... Ask for that now, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, that brings us secondly. Once that's happened, once we have this relationship with the Father, knowing God as Father, um, then we're in the place to get our life purpose clear. You know, the result of Jesus' time with the Father is a clarity of purpose and action. It's wonderful, isn't it? For him it was a sort of a touch on the tiller just a small adjustment but it's still vital not just once we see Jesus doing this withdrawing and getting things clear about his mission and life but over and over again just getting it absolutely crystal clear see if there was a need for any adjust, adjustment and and Jesus wanted that fresh confirmation if he did how much more us Of spending time with our father to get from regularly that that clarity of life vision confirmed and the clarity felt for Jesus was to go wasn't it that's very clear here to go to other locations to other villages no place was off limits for Jesus you know, to scatter the Father's kingdom seed in as many places as he possibly could because it was, it was confirmed to him in terms of conviction. It wasn't just for a few people staying where he was, but it was for all. So he wanted to play that part in going out and, and spreading, scattering that seed to all people. And I think we learned something very particular uh, from this. from from Jesus' experience, that for Jesus, his purpose, his life purpose, was determined by his Father's will and not actually human need. It's a bit startling, if we put it that way, but do you see the point in in that? He, he, He was able to walk away from all this good stuff that was happening because his Father confirmed it. His Father had an even bigger plan an even greater love for uh, him and us to share him. Specifically, we're told for Jesus to do two things as he went to these different locations and villages, to preach and to set people free. Mm. To share good news that you can become a son or a daughter of the Father. That relationship can be established in, in anybody's life who comes. To share that, to explain that, to proclaim that, and to set people free, to actually demonstrate the love of the Father, the love the Father has for everyone. In all of our, you know, messed upness, um, he wants to come, draw alongside, and uh, cause that to happen. It's all about this, this, this going we see in Jesus. It's all about Blessing others by sharing the Father's good news. That's at the heart of it. Not, not That's where it starts. <laughs> sharing the Father's good news uh, for, for people. Taking a heart full of compassion as we go because the Spirit of God, the promise of the Father as we'll be thinking next week at Pentecost is upon us, has been given to us telling people, communicating to people that no terminal, no, no failure is terminal with God the Father because of his love, He's, he, that, that, that he forgives. He forgives as we turn to him. Nothing is too great a problem. To, nothing is too great a failure for the Father. He will forgive it all. And therefore, he calls us to forgive one another because we know that's what our Father does for us. And by the way, Jesus says, I love this, in verse 38, he says to his disciples, and by the way, you're coming with me. <laughs> you're, you're, one, you're asking me all these questions. Uh, you know, we're, we're going somewhere else. Uh, why are you leaving, effectively? And did you notice in verse 38, he says to them, let us go to the other villages. Let us go to the other locations. Let us not leave out any place roundabout, does this, does this ring some bells um, with regards to what we're doing in our church? Going together into life and doing what Jesus does. Doing what Jesus does. So what about us? I need to bring this in and land. Um, so what about us? You know, perhaps, perhaps you have lots of questions about your life purpose, wondering where it's going, maybe. I think we probably all do at different points in our life. Lots of questions about that. The answers will come as we spend time with our Father. Lingering in his presence, listening, listening to the little things that 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 come along, discovering that that actually is the sweet spot (laughs) for us, just the best of places to be. And so often, so often, it's when we're alone and still and quiet with our Father, with our Father, that God is most at work, most at work, a nudge, a whisper, a little clarification just emerges from those times that we spend with him. I'll finish with this. Mother Teresa, that great person whose life was kind of filled with such compassionate activity, caring for people, multiplying it through the order she set up and all of of these things, you know, life full of activity. In an interview... She was asked by the interviewer, a very simple question. I won't ask about all the things that you do, but I'll ask something about your prayer life. And the simple question was, um, what do you say to God when you pray? And her answer was, I don't talk, I just listen.